You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Veronica Daschle. Hi! And that's it. (laughs) We're running with a skeleton crew this week. Uh, Alan's out this week with some band practice, and Keith got caught in an ion storm. So it's just going to be the two of us talking about Star Trek. Fun. I'll have to say things. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, please do. Please do. And if you have comments this week, make sure you're dropping them in the comment box because yeah. we want to see it. Um, yeah, so we've got a little bit of Star Trek news this week. Uh, the, I guess the big thing that's going on is uh, the big SAG after strike. Yeah. Yeah, so everything's shut down. Nothing's going on. It'll be interesting to see how the conventions are going to end up going mm-hmm. because I know they've like released some stuff and some rules of, of what they can do with conventions. So it sounds like they can still code conventions, mm-hmm. they can sign things, they can sign things that fans bring regardless of if they're related to current content that's right. being worked on. Um, they can't provide the photos. Like, right. like if a current show, like a Star Trek actor couldn't have mm-hmm. a photo of their current character in their Star Trek show, but if a fan brings one, then yeah. they can sign it, is my understanding. Yeah. Um. So, I mean... It's a little bit, everyone's a little on pins and needles, I guess, about the convention thing. Yeah. About how it's going to be, you know. Yeah. Um, and okay. actually, I was just reading a, a thing on Hollywood Reporter that Dan had posted in our Facebook group that, um, I guess, Anthony Rapp, this is his first year as a negotiator. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's one of the negotiators um, for the for the union. That's awesome. Yay. Yeah. But he, he, he had some comments saying that, um, I guess that. Uh, the, stu- the, the studios are like they were stonewalling them, letting leading up to the the date, like the the cutoff date. Like they kept canceling appointments and things like that. Wow. So yeah, it sounds like it's getting a little bit contentious. Yeah. Um But I mean, a lot of big things at stake for just the arts. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. So, um, I mean, I'm 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 hoping for the best result from this. I mean, obviously, none of us want to see. Nothing on TV, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I mean, it's not, I mean, usually it's just about like, you know, their pay, their royalties, things like that. But now we've got things like um, AI in the mix, you know, whether you can, you know, pay someone, pay an extra for a day and then have their likeness to use in your movies forever, you know? Like there's a, there's a lot of big things on stake, and I mean it was similar with what was what was going on with the writer strike using AI in the writers' room. Yeah, you know, I mean I don't trust any of these studios not to just clone CGI people and see and AI scripts and crank them out. Yeah, you know, it was hilarious. I saw someone use Chat GPT to see what the solution to this would be, oh. and the Chat GPT was like, well. AI can't replace humans because humans have the imagination and creativity and um, AI only has what you program into it. So AI told us humans are better. Yeah, that's what they all say. (laughs) I don't trust it. (laughs) All right. So moving on to some other Star Trek news. Um, Andrew Robinson has his audio book coming out of A Stitch in Time, and they've just announced it'll also be coming out on CD. 
Yeah, and which is a big deal because w- there was some uncertainty about whether it would be even coming out on CD. Yeah, especially I like physical media. Right. I mean, it's a twelve point five hour um, unabridged audio production of his book, and so you know it's it's a little bit cost prohibitive. It's like yeah. forty dollars to get the CD, but I think forty dollars isn't a bad price at all. That's what a digital version. I mean, that's what like when you had to get like the cassette tapes. Right. That's well, about what they were. I mean, well, they were probably a little then, bit more than that then, but right. Uh, it's not unusual. Yeah, no, because if you bought like an album, like a music album, yeah, and you, it, those are like forty-five minutes long, usually sometimes yeah. more. But um, and they're like twenty, twenty-five bucks. Yeah. So I I like to have the physical media. Not I mean for one because I just like it. I like to have it on my shelf. I can't put Spotify on. My, I guess I could put Spotify on my shelf, but <laughs> <laughs> it'd be weird. Um, but also like if Audible loses the license for it for some reason or goes out of business, I don't own my Audible copy. Yeah, like my you know? my dad had tons of audiobooks through his Audible, and yeah. when he passed away, gone. Right, I don't have access to any of them. Yeah, so everything that he had paid to download and the months he had paid for mm-hmm. those credits, just gone. Plus, I would love to take an audio CD and get Andrew Robinson to sign it at a convention. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, wouldn't that be fun? That'd be fun. Yeah, so I'm I'm hoping to do that. Okay, so also there's a lot of Star Trek stuff going on at Comic Con. They've started posting pictures of the booths. Um, I guess the XO6 people, the ones who make those like super detailed action figures, they've got a line of uh, lower decks figures mm-hmm. that look like the lower decks characters. They look um, really good. Yeah. So there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of cool stuff and panels that'll be going on. Even if, you know, the, obviously the, the actors can't go on and talk about their current shows, they can still go on and talk about being an actor yeah. or they can go on and talk about, you know, their childhood or, or whatever. So, um, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of Comic Con. I don't know what we'll get, but hopefully some some cool stuff, some cool I, 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 nothing else. It's it's a con, yeah. so I want to see some cool cosplays. Yeah. You know, it's it's that's part of the fun of a convention. It didn't just used to be corporations, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, doing their marketing. It used to be just fans getting together, and so I, that's the part of cons I like anyway. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one last, and this is not news. This is more of a rumor. But a Star Trek site had a rumor today that there was a filming date for the Section 31 movie mm-hmm. and that it would be in October. Now, I don't know that that's true. And even if it is true, I don't know how long the strike is going to run. Yeah. So take that with a handful of salt. Yes. <laughs> it might not even have been true. And if it was true, it might not even happen. So we'll see what happens. I mean, we're sort of watch and see about what Star Trek we're going to get next year. And, you know, we're coming up with discussion topics because um, we may just be talking about old Star Trek for a year, which is like what we did yeah. when we started this podcast. So yeah. I think we're up for it, yeah, you know, absolutely. but I mean, if you're out there and you've got topic ideas for Earth Station Trek, send them in because we, we're, we're not going to turn about, turn down any bad ideas. Yeah. All right. So we got a couple of comments. Dan Leckie said, Hey, and Dan. yep, Wayne said that he heard that Keith was shut down. And he said, hi, hey, Wayne, thanks for being here. And Dan yeah. said that he has now seen the Lower Decks Strange New Worlds crossover. And it's brilliant. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. So I'm looking forward to that crossover. I heard that they're going to screen that at Comic-Con, mm-hmm. which means now I have to be wary of spoilers for it <laughs> for the next week. <laughs> so if you're able to see that at Comic-Con, great. I'm not hating on anybody. But, um, you know, don't spoil it for me. Yeah. You know, be be cool. Be don't, a human. Don't try to be the first. Just wait till Thursday with everybody else. Yeah, be be the first on Thursday. Right, right. <laughs> All right. So if you're listening on the audio podcast, we'll take a quick break right here and promote a fellow ESO Network podcast show. But don't go away because when we come back, we'll be talking about Strange New Worlds Lost in Translation. 
afternoon. May we be of assistance, sir? Yes, I'm looking for a podcast for someone who likes that 1960s headache music. Don't these podcasters have atrocious taste? Sir, may I recommend this podcast by monkeying around? I guarantee a migraine. I never heard of monkeying around. You never heard of monkeying around? He's, He's never, never heard, heard of, of monkeying, monkeying around. around. What does monkeying around sound like? <laughs> I'll take it. He took it? He took it. Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. And then you say spoilers at the end. Spoilers. You keep forgetting the spoilers part. That's the whole spoiler. No, but it's a red alert. Right. But if there was just a, the, if it was just a boop, 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 and it didn't never, no one ever said red alert, like a new person might not even know. Maybe it's a black alert. Maybe it's a blue alert and they're landing <laughs> on a planet. Who knows? <laughs> All right. That's spoilers for uh, law, uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds Lost in Translation, which came out today. Yeah. Uh, first impressions. What did you think? Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I really like how they use the communications officer to mm-hmm. communicate and how she figured it out and yeah, that whole situation. And I know everyone's going to be like, Oh, it was terrible. I enjoyed seeing Kirk again um, and him working with Uhura. I thought that was, um, I thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. Although I know some fans are going to be outraged that Uhura introduced Spock and Kirk. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, anything you do in Star Trek, some fans <laughs> going to be outraged. That's just a given, you know, but that's going to be a large portion. Of maybe, things. maybe. Um, my the first f- thing I said when I saw that, I was like, <laughs> that's not going to be good. <laughs> my, my first impression watching the episode was that the sound that she kept hearing sounded like a transformer transforming. <laughs> and I found that kind of distracting the whole episode. I don't know if it was an intentional transformers homage. I mean, that's another Paramount property. So maybe, but <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Um, but I, I'm at a point with Strange New Worlds where I, I, I'm trying to separate the way I think about the episode, my opinions of the actual episode I'm watching, and the opinions of someone who's been thinking about these characters since he was 10 years old. Yeah. You know, like, because I mean, it's, they don't make it easy. Like every single story, they've got to just cram it full of things that were in the Star Trek encyclopedia that I used to lay in bed and read like it was a novel when I was a kid. So I have had opinions about these things. <laughs> you know, I've been thinking about when Kirk met Pike when he was promoted to fleet captain. I mean, literally since I was 10 years old, you know, I mean, not, not continuously. I, other thoughts have crossed my mind since then. But, but it, you know, it's so you can't help but have an opinion, Yeah, you know. They, oh, I didn't put that together because he said yeah. said he first met him when he was promoted to fleet captain, and mm-hmm. he was promoted to fleet captain temporarily. Man, that was a workaround. Like I what? Know. What? It's like they. It's like the way they used to get around continuity errors on Enterprise. Do you remember that Fringy episode of Enterprise when um they had the the Fringy came on the Enterprise? I remember the Fringy coming on the Enterprise, but it had it had already been established that they you know we didn't have contact with the Fringy at that point. It was a first contact with the Fringy on yeah. um um next generation mm-hmm. right so the way they got around that was just by not having the Ferengi say who they were the whole episode <laughs> and then they said the same thing with the borg when the borg uh you know affected flocks and everything the borg just never said they were borg and so you still have the first contact with the borg later even though the like the board's thing is saying we are the borg that's like most of their dialogue throughout yeah. star trek but it, it felt like that kind of continuity workaround where it's like and this week he's a fleet captain 
Yeah. Now, if he stays a fleet captain and that's meaningful down the line, then great. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But if he's just a fleet captain for this episode and it's entirely meaningless in the episode because we don't see him commanding a fleet. Yeah. I don't even think we saw the Farragut. No. Did we? No. It was it even in one of those background shots. If so, I don't remember. No. I don't think so. Uh, unless it was that one saucer ship that was down by the the array or whatever it was, the deuterium refinery. But he's like, I'm I'm in charge of the Farragut and the refinery, so I got to do badge. <laughs> like what? what <laughs> like we see plenty of times on Star Trek when that when a captain, you know, when there were several ships involved in an operation, and our captain was presumably the one in charge. Um, captain for right, and, but also like on Strange New Worlds, they have like it's it's just funny that they would jump through a hoop. To like not violate that continuity. See, he's promoted to fleet captain. And like the last week's like Spock and Chapel did it. Yeah. <laughs> they're like on the verge of a war with the Gorn. And they're like, ah, but the fleet captain thing, we remember that. Like, why why bother? Yeah. You know? But I mean, I appreciate the effort. I like that he was now, you know, I mean, I've been like I said, I've been thinking about him meeting Pike when he's going for fleet captain all my life, and now I've seen that episode. So I'm sort of of two minds about it. Let me catch up with some comments because um We've got quite a few that came in. Uh, Matt Sweatman commented, don't keep changing the alerts. We'll have to keep changing the bulbs. <laughs> That's a Red Dwarf <laughs> reference. If you've never seen Red Dwarf. <laughs> Are you sure, sir? It does mean changing the bulb. <laughs> uh, Elaine said she really enjoyed it and loved the scary bits. They really worked well. Dan says the Uhura Kirk meetup at the bar reminded me of the 2009 film. And I had the same thought. They're like they're playing off like in the 2009 film. You know, Kirk and Uhura met, and Kirk was literally hitting on her at a bar. And then in this one, it was uh, sort of inverted, where she thought that he was hitting on her at a bar. Yeah. You know? I've forgotten about that. Yeah. Uh, Matt said, I know there is a lot of angst about the legacy characters in Strange New Worlds, but I really don't have any issue with it. Uh, Matt also said, Pike did say the promotion was temporary. Yeah. Yep. And Dan said, I still think Paul Wesley's portrayal of Kirk is basically nothing like William Shatner's. Yeah. And I mean, to an extent, I don't mind that because, I mean, younger Kirk was described on the original series as a stack of books with a stack of books with legs. And I could see Paul Wesley. I mean, I would love to have them him. He's got the legs. You know, he's got sort of those scrawny legs, like let him carry a stack of books around. And I would love to have if Gary Mitchell. I mean, uh, at this point, I'm just assuming Gary Mitchell's going to come on the show at some point. <laughs> I mean, it see like the odds are good yeah. and have have, you know, Paul Wesley carrying a stack of books. I can see that. And I mean, hopefully evolve him towards C- Captain Kirk, the Captain Kirk that we know over however many seasons his show runs. I mean, he also I mean, f- his physicality still doesn't make me think of William Shatner's Kirk at all. You know, he doesn't look much like him. He he doesn't he doesn't move like him or also, I think he's older than Shatter was during the entire run of the original series, but he's playing him like 10 years younger, um, which I'm none of which is a deal breaker or anything like that. I actually I like the character. And that's why I was talking about about trying to separate the show that I'm watching from my continuity and from my Star Trek expectations. If this is just a show and everybody had different names, I got none of these problems. Yeah. You know, I yeah. think that the episode was a, it's a good Star Trek episode. First you know, contact. Good characters. Yeah. New story. Yeah. I like Paul Wesley's the character that he's playing. You know, when I'm not trying to grade him against, <laughs> like I said, a performance I've been watching my entire life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I know uh, Paul Wesley had said when he was on the writing room that um, he was specifically not 100% being William Shatner because he wanted to show that change and that growth mm-hmm. over the course of his 
story arc. Yeah. And it's a pretty smart way of bringing in a Kirk because they gave him a couple of practice runs, mm-hmm. you know, because the first two, he was playing alternate Kirks and they can be like, well, that doesn't count. Yeah. Well, that doesn't count. You didn't like that. That didn't count. <laughs> <laughs> and, but now we're to the one that counts, yeah. you know, but he got to, he got to, you know, get his feet wet. Uh, and try to try some things, I guess, before he started playing it for real. Yeah. What did you think about when he met Laon in the corridor? And she was like, oh, I didn't know you were friends with Uhura. <laughs> like, is, is there like a jealousy thing going on there? That's what it seemed like. Yeah. That's that's what I took it as is she was a little. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had a couple more comments. Let's get in real quick. Uh, Matt said, but will Lee Kelso appear? And I hope so. <laughs> and I hope that he strangles somebody because he got strangled the last time. It's his turn. <laughs> uh, Wayne says Jim Carrey. I've seen that comparison a lot of Paul Wesley to Jim Carrey. I don't see that at all. Did you ever see him on Living on In Living Color playing Kirk? No. I think it's the the body type. I think is what people are, and maybe the facial structure is what people are playing off of. But uh, okay. I mean, I know Paul Wesley from Vampire Diaries, so yeah. that probably does not help. Right. So. <laughs> and, and like I said, I like Paul Wesley's performance. I like the character that he's playing. He's not really Kirk to me yet, but uh, I, I think I'll get there, you know? Yeah. Ooh, we had caught the comments mood because we had several coming at the same yeah. time. Uh, Dan said, I'd love to see Scotty appear as a regular character. Uh, I think we'll get there at some point. Yeah, I'm sure know? we will. Right now, I'm really enjoying Pelia. Yeah. I, I think that Carol Kane's doing a great job. I think she's a really interesting character that we should also talk about. Yeah. I um, really enjoyed her little B story with um com- uh confronting the um Una and Uhura mm-hmm. about, hey, you have to talk to me because yeah. I'm not Himmer. And so you don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> because I'm not Himmer. Yeah. Well, I I like her thing with number one too. Yeah. Because I mean she's thousands of years old. She's yeah. been in Starfleet for at least a hundred years and she has to take orders from people who are like 40. Yeah. You know, and that's something I think a lot of us, as we, as we get older, can relate to having to take orders from people at work who uh, weren't doing this when you started and yep. are fairly new and inexperienced by, by comparison. And, you know, I, I thought Una came off as a little petty when she said, well, I'm, how come I outrank you then? Yeah. You know, like, well, I don't know. Maybe she didn't want to be yeah. in your, in your job. She's an engineer. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, someone told her when she was younger that she was an engineer, so now she wants to be an engineer. What do you think about Space Hippie being an insult in the Star Trek universe? I think that's hilarious. <laughs> I know Matt and Elaine on the rewatch just recently did Way to Eden, so I'm wondering what they thought about that, too. <laughs> uh, Elaine had a comment, in case anyone wants the numbers, Paul Wesley is 40 now, and Shatner was 35 when they started filming. And that's about what I thought. Shatner was born in 31, I think, and I know Paul Wesley is a couple years younger than me. Which one is kind of weird that this is the first act, like official Captain Kirk. He's not Captain Kirk, but the official James T. Kirk, who's younger than I am. Oh, yeah, that's not true because, you know, the, the kid was James T. Kirk in Star, in Star Trek 09. So, you know, unless he becomes Captain Kirk, then he won't be the Captain Kirk who was the first Captain Kirk who's younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> because Chris Pine is like three months older than me. <laughs> All right. Uh, Dan said, Laon is still affected by the events of tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, f- I mean, anybody you seeing them die and then they show up at your job a few weeks later is going to be pretty weird. Yeah. Um, but especially somebody that, you know, she had, you know, a, a started off as a friendship and maybe a little more going on there. Um, you know, it would be weird if they turned up at your job. 
Uh, Matt Sweatman said, I kept expecting La'an to be standing alone at the bar watching Kirk, Spock, and Uhura. I was waiting for that as they pulled out as well. Yeah, she doesn't know that she's not a TOS character. That's why she's not in the club. Yeah. You know, like the, it's like the, you know, it's like they're voted most likely to be TOS characters. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wayne said, I can't wait to see Scotty. Yeah, we heard his voice once and I think saw his hand. But um, in that alternate future episode, uh, A Quality of Mercy last year. But um, I'm sure we'll get to Scotty. I mean, if the show, unless the show gets canceled or anything, I think we're going to see everybody. Yeah. You can imagine from TOS. Yeah. I, at this point, I wouldn't rule out any character who ever appeared in TOS. Yes. So hopefully uh, Alexander will appear because I thought Alexander from Plato's Stepchildren was good. Uh, Elaine said, I don't know Paul Wesley from anything. So he's starting with a clean slate for me. And Dan said, I like Lieutenant Saul, uh, uh, Saul Ramon. And I thought a Lieutenant Ramon got a raw deal. Yeah. Because they're like emergency beam out. And they just beam the two of them out. <laughs> like, you think the transporter operator was like, I wonder if he meant all three. Nah, I'm not taking the chance. Like, yeah. and, and, and Ramon got blown out and became like a CGI dude floating through space. Yeah. Maybe he couldn't grab him or something. Uh, yeah, maybe he's, maybe he's too close to the thing or because he wasn't close enough to the communicator. I don't know. I'm just, it was just funny to me. They're like, emergency beam out. And they beams the two of them out. Like, well, what about Ramon? He might have wanted to get beamed out, you know, when he get back in his right frame of mind. Yeah. Uh, Matt said, I kept wanting Pelia to own the space hippie name and say it was a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. That seems more like what she would do than get upset over it but she didn't seem upset over it either no she does seem like a space hippie i yeah. can see that she seems pretty hippie-ish yeah i bet she was a hippie in the 60s you think we'll see a flashback yes i hope so that'd be hilarious mm-hmm. and dan said bernadette croft told me personally that for the zombie hammer the costume department created tiny maggots although they usually seek approval for costuming bits they didn't for the maggots they just went ahead with creating them Ooh. interesting How's that for a day's work? What'd you do today, honey? Made little maggots. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you do? (laughs) What did you think about seeing Hemmer again? That was so exciting. Yeah. When they were showing, when she was watching the video, I was like, oh, he's in the second season. That video cracked me up because it's like, what are they, got YouTube tutorials in space now. It even had the little like play, fast forward, pause buttons at the bottom. I kept expecting an ad to pop up. (laughs) (laughs) A triple ad pops up in the middle and she has to wait. Yeah. I think that, sounds like that sort of thing could be a lower decks bit. Yeah. You know, whether yeah. we're watching this tutorial and an ad pops up, like, ah, that's a Ferengi ad. They're, you know, it's a countdown going on. They're trying to save the ship. Yeah. Uh, and Matt Sweatman said, Leslie. Yeah. You know what? Leslie might turn up. You know, they'd have to tell us it was Leslie. I don't, I wouldn't recognize him. You know what? Leslie might have been that dude uh, at, you know, I guess it's the operations console now where the navigation console used to be. Uh, but there was a dude there in a red shirt. Maybe that was Leslie. We don't know. If not, I'm amazed they haven't named someone Leslie yet because they like using names of old Star Trek characters for their characters. I noticed that they mentioned uh, Chief Kyle mm-hmm. today. Yeah. I knew we had a new chief this year. Um, and Chief Kyle, I don't think is back on the show, but, you know, at least he's still on the ship somewhere. Yeah. He got name dropped. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, what do we think about Celia Rose Gooding's performance this week? I think she was really great mm. and her, her range was, was fun to watch. Yeah. I think she's great. Yeah. I think she's doing a great job. I, I like her as Uhura because mm-hmm. sometimes like with the Paul Wesley thing, I like him. I'm not sure yet if I like him as Kirk, but I, I like Celia Rose Gooding as Uhura. I think she's a fantastic actor and she's 
um, very expressive. She has, she's a very expressive person yeah. and she plays it really well. Yeah. Um, I really, really liked when, um, at near the beginning when she first heard the thing and, um, then she couldn't play it back and, and she's like, Oh, we're in a full diagnostic. Just wait. <laughs> yeah. Was, that, that seemed a little like the 2009 checkoff where he's very like running around the ship and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I kind of expected Pike to be like, no, just stay at your post. <laughs> I, it, it's ballsy to admit to the captain that you're like almost dozing off on the bridge, you yeah. know, and my eyes were open, but I'm pretty tired. Like, yeah, I, I, I might try to play it off, but, uh, good on her though for being, you know, Pike seems like he's a very, um, easygoing captain. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe too much. What, what do you think? What do you think about that? Cause at one point she was, you know, Ramon had just blown up a thing. And she was like, I don't trust myself. I'm having hallucinations. Look what happened to Ramon. I need to be relieved of duty. And he was like, don't worry about it. Yeah. (laughs) And then when she's running down the hall to get him to and yelling, turn it off, turn it off. Mm -hmm. He's just like, okay. Yeah, that's true. And also blowing up that thing. Yeah. Because she had no evidence. Yeah. And really, I mean, her, the assumptions she made off of her visions Really could go either way. You can interpret yeah. those visions a lot of ways, yeah. but she was pretty confident the way she was interpreting. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like blow up this thing. I don't know if Based I would do it. Based on these visions that I've interpreted in this specific specific way. Yeah. And I haven't described the visions to anyone else for anyone else to attempt to interpret what they might mean. Because like, what does Pike do if like, and she's like, oh wait, no, <laughs> it meant this, <laughs> and he's already blown up the thing. Like he's out of a job. No more fleet captain. Maybe that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought I, I thought the end was a little bit rushed. You know, I thought she she came to all of her conclusions about the visions pretty quick. And um, I mean, I would love to it if she'd come to those conclusions earlier in the episode. And then Pike was like, "I would love to do that. If you're tell if you're right, I need proof. Yeah. I can't blow up this thing without proof. Yeah. And then she's got to find the proof. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's they're scientists. You need evidence. Yeah. You know you. You know, just run into, I mean, even in the military, you don't just run in there and say, we got to blow up this oil refinery, promise. You know what I mean? And then the captain's like, got it. Fire yeah. torpedoes. He didn't even say fire. She did. <laughs> I know. He, I did like, though, that he had not acknowledged it. Like, yeah, he like gave the Lon nod. was looking at him and didn't do anything until he nodded to her. <laughs> I don't know. I, did, I don't remember if we saw her face in that scene, but I'd be like, <laughs> you know, like, you sure about this? <laughs> All right. Let's grab some more comments. Uh, Wayne does not want to see Kowalski. Uh, Matt says, I was saying to Elaine, Uhura better be careful punching herself as she might actually be hitting a random crew member right before they revealed she slugged Kurt. Well, good call because she she socked him. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was she was having some troubles there. Yeah. Uh, Dan said, Ramon's fate reminded me of Crawl in Star Trek Beyond and, v- and Vatic in Picard. Yeah, Vatic yeah. got a better final line than yeah. Ramon did. Yeah. yeah. I, I like I like Crawl. I like Crawl. Crawl doesn't get enough. He doesn't get mentioned enough, I don't think. But I thought I thought I thought Crawl was good. You don't remember Crawl? I can tell by your face. No. <laughs> a Ramon CG death was a rare, unimpressive effect from the show. It reminded me of a lot of the like the three dimensional CG they were doing in the Flash when they would go into that like <laughs> interdimensional thing and you see everything was CG and just look super fake. <laughs> Which unfortunately, at the I don't want to spoil the end, but there's a lot of cameos at the end, and they're all. Um, not real great CGI, you know, in my opinion. No offense if you're a CGI artist watching this. Dan says, I thought it was a bit odd that Uhura wasn't there yet 
uh, it wasn't there, and yet she seemed to hallucinate the shuttlecraft crash site so vividly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's not there, but I imagine she's imagined it. Yeah. You know? That's what her imagination yeah. came up. Right. I would like to have seen more of her her feelings about her family, mm-hmm. memories of her family. You know what I mean? As much as I enjoy seeing Himmer yeah. and zombie Himmer. Yeah. You know? Um, I would I would like to see more of an ex- explanation of Uhura's family. I was thinking, you know, when they when they introduced her last year, and she mentioned her grandmother was in Starfleet, and I thought, oh, they're setting up a Nichelle Nichols cameo, <laughs> you know, because that'd be a perfect Nichelle Nichols cameo. And unfortunately, that didn't come to pass, whether they were right. planning it or not. But um, I would love to see more of Uhura's background and more of her family, or not necessarily. I mean, her family or, or whatever family she has can come on the ship sure but um even through memories or just her talking about it i would love to see more of that yeah uh what did you think of spock and chapel spock seemed more like a spock this week in his interactions with her i mean there's a lot of metaphor going on but it seemed to me like chapel's like no let's not tell nobody about this yeah you know for like you know one spock's engaged yeah and their job, so I, uh, she just wants to keep seeing them on the sly. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good idea. No, <laughs> I feel like that will not work out well for them. No, because a lot of times in these situations, you see, like we've had, we have to do the right thing and tell people. Chapel's like, Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the cat to get away or whatever it was. I want the cat to get bigger. <laughs> I know, I caught that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um. Dan said, I thought it was a bit odd that Uhura... Oh, oh he already, already said, said that. that. My bad. <laughs> um, Elaine said, Uhura did admit that she thought it was ironic that the communications officer was having trouble communicating what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... And then the episode was called Lost in Translation. So I... Yeah. I mean, I like that. I, I mean, I've said before on the podcast, I didn't like much the idea of Uhura being a linguist. Yeah. Because that felt to be something that was added to her character after the original series on the original series. She was more of like the, a radio operator. She was like a communications engineer, yeah. like, like a radio operator, but like more, way more high tech, like a NASA one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, she's more dealing with the equipment and fixing the computer and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm not upset about her being a linguist as well. Um, but you know, I, I did like, I mean, I guess the, maybe this was explained and I missed it, but the, I guess the aliens knew that she was the communications officer. Was that why they were reaching out to her brain? I don't know. Was Ramon a communications officer? As oh, well? no. He was in red, wasn't he? Yeah. He might have been. But, um, I mean, you're right. And I, my, it, I mean, she, it might not, that might not have been the reason, but I, I'm just wondering about that. If that was the reason they were trying to reach her was because they could tell that she was the one, you know? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I did like seeing the Bussard collectors like collecting deuterium. That's what they're yeah. supposed to do, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I thought that, that was cool that they're actually using them for the function that they're supposed to have. <laughs> the first time. Right. Okay. So Dan's or Matt said, yeah, they backtracked on last week pretty quickly. I don't know if they backtracked on it. I don't I, think they backtracked. I think they like shoved a mention of it in there. So yeah. it was clear they weren't ignoring it. It seems to me like they're going to keep seeing each other on the side. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to, they're going to keep it a secret. I don't know. I feel like Chapel's yeah. done this before. I feel like they're going to have some hijinks. Uh, well, we've already, we've already had our Vulcan hijinks episode for the week yeah, or for the season. It'll be, it'll be uh, additional hijinks. hijinks. Yeah. I feel like it's not going to end well. No. 
Uh, Dan said, the, uh, they say the reason is she's emp- empathetic, uh, empathetic and a good listener. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I would think there's a lot of empathetic good listeners on the show, though. I mean, on the ship, but that may well be the reason. But it just seems coincidental that the communications officer at the communications console is the one that they reached out to. Um, but, you know, who knows? You know? Yeah. What did you think about there being a, basically a jazz club on the Enterprise? I mean, there's a bar and they've got a, a jazz band in there playing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do you think people on the original series are like, hey, man, did you know like five years ago there was a jazz club on the Enterprise? I know. And I was like, what? No way. Yeah, for sure, man. It was where yeah. the cargo bay is now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Bar and everything. Everything is huge. Yeah. I still, I still can't get over that. The Ensign's got this huge cabin. I always think about when yeah. Scotty was on TNG and he was like, even an admiral didn't have a cabin this size in my day. Like... Uhura's got one that's like bigger than Captain Picard's cabin. Yeah. And I get it. The cameras are wider and higher def and everything, but I don't know. I always get distracted by that. Everything being humongous. But in lower decks, aren't the ensigns like in bunks? Yes. Why is she in a bunk? She was in season one. She had bunk mates when she was a cadet. But now she's in, I mean, she's on the flagship, which also, you know what? This was the first time. That they've called the 23rd Century Enterprise the flagship, and it didn't bother me because it was finally a flagship. It's actually the first time on—I mean, maybe the first time on Star Trek that the Enterprise has been an actual flagship. No, you know, Captain Kirk or Admiral Kirk was on the Enterprise, but there was actually a flag officer in command of the ship, um, and commanding of a little fleet. So it would be a flagship. You know, they always just call the Enterprise the flagship when there's no admiral, there's no fleet. Um, but so, yeah, I, I didn't mind it this week when, when Sam called the Enterprise the flagship. That's something we've not talked about yet is uh, Sam Kirk and Jim Kirk. Yeah. What do you think of Sam Kirk and Jim Kirk? I feel like Sam was uh, just being petty. It seems that way. I mean, Kirk wasn't being great. I don't know. Is like is George Kirk Sr. a jerk? I, that's what I took from it, that he only wants to give praise to his son who's exactly following in his footsteps. Yeah. And Kirk's like, yes, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to break a record, so I broke a record. You didn't yeah. want to break a record. You yeah. wanted to do this thing. That's what you want to do. You're a scientist. Yeah. You're doing what you like. I'm doing what I like. Yeah, surely I like dad breaking records. Proud of him for being a scientist <laughs> and not like, oh, you're not you're not the youngest first officer in the fleet. Yeah. You know? Um, I thought that whole I mean, I thought the whole thing was a little bit weird. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, it'd be all it'd be on brand for a Star Trek dad to be a jerk. Yeah, you know, I guess you can't be a dad in Star Trek without being a jerk and having like a contentious relationship with your kids, unless you're Cisco. Yeah, Cisco is like the good dad on Star Trek. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I like that they're they're keeping the backstory that he was the first officer of the Kelvin mm-hmm. because that was the way it was in 2009 before the timeline got changed. Um, and I mean, they were talked about him in the present tense, so I mean, presumably we could see. George Kirk Sr. at some point. Yeah. You know, I liked it on, I mean, a few episodes ago when, you know, when alternate Kirk and and Laon were in the past and he mentioned Sam Mm -hmm. and he said the same, basically the same thing he said in um, What a Little Girl's Made of when he was like, yeah, everyone calls him, you know, only I call him Sam. Everyone calls him George. And Laon was like, nobody calls him George. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's funny because the original series, like he said that in that episode and then in Operation Annihilate, like everyone calls him Sam. <laughs> like nobody called him George in that episode. So I thought I thought it's funny, like a like a you know yeah. pretty deep TOS joke. But yeah. um, I mean, 
I mean, I, I, but Kirk had the comment this week that, you know, dad gave you his name and you rejected it. Yeah. So maybe, maybe the whole thing is like, he thinks people should call him George. But then say, like, you know, Kirk even doesn't call him George. I don't know. There's some, we need a counselor. Yeah. <laughs> there's some, there's, this family's got some issues. They need a counselor on this ship. Yeah. I would like it if like Kirk's dad was just a good dad, like a Pa Kent kind of a guy. <laughs> before Pa Pa Kent was a, like a weird nihilist and man of steel. Like I, I would love like for the Kirks just to be like a wholesome like family, you know, in Kansas who get along and support their kid. I don't yeah. know why everybody they always think they have everyone, everyone has to have like terrible family relationships. All right, Dan said, "Is Uhura secretly an Elorian?" <laughs> I don't think so. That'd be a twist. Uh, Matt said, "I do think Jim is being a bit of a jerk to Sam." Yeah, I thought they were both being kind of jerky to each other. Hey, I haven't seen your brother in a while. Are you everybody jealous of everybody? Elaine said, Riker would have loved that. But she said it long enough ago that I'm not sure what she's referring to. Uh, Matt said, I'm Minuet and I like all jazz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had to have a jazz club on like TNG in the holodeck. Yeah. And even like on TNG when a lot of times you'd have like people playing, but usually there's like one of the cast members involved in there. Yeah. You know? Uh, Dan said the ship's hull and everything is much bigger than in TOS. That's mm-hmm. true. Uh, Tiger play. Or Wayne says, my pet peeve, if you're going to have a jazz band, at least use real musicians. <laughs> and Dan said, according to this episode's co-writer, David Reed, the episode was inspired by his longtime interest in Bussard collectors. Oh, cool. That's, you know what? I think it's cool that we there's a writer on the show that has a longtime interest in Bussard collectors. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about when they were going inside the nacelle? When were they doing that? <laughs> you didn't pick up the fact that they were inside the nacelle? No. Yeah, they were inside the nacelle. When? Um, like when Uhura was talking to um, Pelia, and Pelia was like, what are you doing in my nacelle? Oh. And she was like, the antenna runs through the nacelle. And I thought, why? There's a big dish on the front of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's just an excuse to go in the nacelle, but yeah. I mean, but I mean, they, they've like on the animated series, they went inside the nacelle. And I think on oh, the Enterprise, they went in the catwalk and hid in the catwalk. So, I mean, there's a precedent for it. And there was, I think, um, wasn't inside the nacelle where I might be misremembering this, but where Jordy, uh, had to go like when, um, Troy had to order him to his death, uh, on the holiday. You don't remember that? No. It's a holodeck simulation. No. But no, I think it's cool to go inside the nacelle. There wasn't much to see in there. I thought the nacelle looked more like the engine room. Yeah. From, the old Star Trek than the engine room now does, which I like the new engine room now, which is fine. But um, they're getting a lot of use out of the the sets that are like on the volume, you know, because you had the inside of the nacelle and then you had on that array thing, which had a different look to it. Pretty For something new, it looked kind of decrepit to me. It seemed like they had just recently built it and they're trying to get it to work. And they yeah. go over there and it looks like an ancient ship to me. Maybe yeah. it's just this. I mean, there's a lot of aliens though in Star Trek. It could just be a different race's design style. Yeah. Okay. We had a comment from Matt that said they do speculate a lot, a lot. They do speculate on a lot of Jim and Sam's relationship or lack thereof with their father in the autobiography of James T. Kirk. Maybe that's where they're getting it. Yeah. I don't know. I do have that book and I don't remember if I ever finished reading it or not. Um, yeah, I'm interested to, I guess this, I mean, I know Keith's not here. So on Keith's behalf, I'm going to complain about Kirk being on the show <laughs> and Uhura and Chapel and Vega and the Gorn. They weren't in this one, but just to, to be on the safe side, I got your back, Keith. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, my preference would have been to have the adventures of Captain Pike with Spock, Lieutenant Spock, and number one. I mean, do you feel like Kirk is overshadowing Pike this year? Yes. And we were relied on Pike for the first few episodes because, uh, you know, they have a baby. And congratulations. Yeah. And all power, more power to him, spend time with his family. Yeah. But I mean, we've had Kirk as a major character in two episodes out of the, what, five we've had so far? Or this is number six, I guess. So, I mean, that's a third of the season. Yeah. I mean, they're, they seem like they're pretty neck and neck. Spike had a, a you know, the big episode where they were on, um, Rigel seven. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, last week he had a sort of a supporting role in the episode, which is fine because yeah. it's an ensemble show, but he was sort of supporting in junior to Kirk as far as screen time on this episode, I think. Yeah. So I mean, I feel like Kirk and Piker, like people are already speculating about whether Anson Mount is being, is going to be leaving the show and Paul Wesley taking over. Which I don't know. Is that what you want people thinking halfway through to season two of your show? Like speculating about if you're replacing the lead actor with a oh, different guy? No. You know? So I don't know. They're, they're, they're big on this Kirk thing. They feel like they, have, it, I don't know. I think they think that because we all know how it plays out that they feel obligated or maybe they just want to, um, weave it all into a, the story, you know? Yeah, but don't weave it all in this early because that, doesn't leave much room to do anything else. Yeah, I mean, I'd have been fine if, like, the the finale, like, Kirk came on at the end and said, hey, I'm here to relieve you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, that's not the story that they're telling. So I'm, I don't, I'm not going to be mad about that every time it happens for the rest of the show because I'll, I'll, I'll be beating my head against the wall because they've they sort of indicated the, the direction that they want to go with the show. You know? They want to have Uhura, which I, and I like having Uhura. Uhura is a character I think that, like I said before, She's a very iconic character, one of the like a, one of the famous Star Trek characters, mm-hmm. but with very little development. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of room to bring her on and develop her. Kirk has a lot of development. Yeah. Yeah. Now, not necessarily Kirk when he's, let's see, um, here he's supposed to be, I guess, like 28. Well, I guess I think Kirk was born in 2233 and it's about, I don't know. I, I was thinking it was 2360, but it was referenced to 20 or 2260, but there was a reference to 2259 the other week. So. I don't know. He's about about 28, somewhere in that range. Um, so we've not seen a lot of exploration of 28-year-old Kirk before. Uh, so I'm interested to see, you know, what they're going to do with it, you know? Yeah. I'm interested to see how it's going to play out. If if Anson Mount does leave the show and Paul Wesley takes over, I think that'll be a shame if we only got two 10-episode seasons out of Anson Mount. Yeah. I mean, I know he has was a, the big reason everyone was clamoring for the show. <laughs> that's why everyone, everyone wanted the show because of his performance on, on Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. So I think it would be. I mean, Anson Mount is a big part of the draw of the show to me. So I want to yeah. see, frankly, more Anson Mount than I want to see Paul Wesley. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I mean, on the one hand, we get, you know, this week we got Kirk meeting Uhura and Kirk meeting Spock. But the characters are so different from what they were in the original series that I think that sort of diminishes the ooh aspect of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, because he's like a different guy. Yeah. It's like like Chapel's a different character. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Let's see what the comments have to say. So Dan commented about that next uh, that nacelle is in TNG's Eye of the Beholder when Troy has to investigate a murder. Oh, thank you for that. Matt said, we've really only had one episode that has had much Pike so far this season. Yeah. That's right. And we're six episodes and we're over halfway through the season. Yeah. 
And I don't know how much he's going to be in next week, but next week the focus is going to be on Boimler and Mariner, no matter what he does. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, it's, it's, it's so weird for, I mean, we're, we're only on episode 16 of the series. So far, strange new worlds that there were already like, what, what happened to Pike? Uh, Dan said, I thought Pike was hilarious in episode 205. I thought he was funny too, but he wasn't like leading that episode. And I want to see some more episodes with Pike as the main character. Yeah. You know, and I don't mind it being an ensemble and him being bigger in some episodes, uh, you know, with a, you know, support. I mean, there was episodes that Cisco wasn't even on in DS9, but they had done enough episodes at that point where he was the focus. Yeah. You know? All right. Matt said, no, we'd need more space, daddy. Yes. Yes. And Matt also said, Kirk meeting Spock should have given me chills. This didn't quite do that. Was well, diminished some by them doing it, you know, on the in the Kelvin universe. Not the, I mean, I guess it was 14 years ago now, but we've already seen that. Yeah. We've already seen a young Kirk and a young Spock. And I mean, I don't want I don't want to get um, I don't want to piss people off, but I like that young Kirk and young Spock better. I thought they were more Kirk and Spocky than the Kirk and Spock we have now, you know, and I don't mind Ethan Peck. I, th- I think Ethan Peck is good. I like what he's doing. Yeah. Um, but a lot of what he's doing isn't doesn't necessarily feel to me like he's playing Spock. What I would really love is an episode where like Captain Pike and Spock had to beam down to a planet with a with a landing party. And there was some kind of a mystery going on, on the planet and Spock's having to figure it out. And meanwhile, number one's in command of the Enterprise. And there's a you know what I mean? Like we've gotten very. I want more episodes like that. I'm not saying they've never done that, but if for strange new worlds, I mean, the only world I remember seeing, I mean, we, we saw in the first episode, there was that planet. The Klingons were on. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then in the second episode, there was that planet with the gas or like in the, in the nebula where he had to wear the mask. Right. And we had Rigel seven. Yeah. Um, but then we had like earth after that. And in this one, we're in, uh, yeah, you know I mean like there's, there's not a whole bunch of strange new worlds so far. No, there's not a lot of strange new worlds. Is my and point. Even some of the ones you're counting didn't really count as strange new. Worlds. Right, like he was, like he he visited that planet in the nebula. Yeah, but and it wasn't a strange new world. There he was wasn't like investigating. It. Right, it was the Illyrian mm-hmm. planet. Right. I mean, compare that to like the Children of the Comet episode that I always mention because it's still my favorite episode of Strange New Worlds, where you've got a planet and you've got a comet and there's a mystery on the comet and there's aliens on the planet and there's aliens near the comet. The whole thing is like a new life form and a first contact and you know what I mean? And establishing communication. And this episode established communication as well. But with it, I, I the, the aliens were invisible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And the nebula was just cl- a cloud. And I don't mind that in Star Trek. I'm not saying that. I just would like to see more Strange New Worlds on Strange New Worlds. Yeah. And more of, uh, of Captain Pike, the main character. Yes. Uh, ostensibly. All right. So Dan said, I want digitally de-aged Shatner as Kirk. If Star Wars can give us de-aged Luke, you'd think Trek could give us a de-aged Kirk. Yeah, I, I, I didn't care no. much for the de-aged no. Luke. I was just rewatching that episode just the other day. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I'm happy with recasting. I don't mind recasting things. Um, you know, I, I just would like, I don't know. I, I I'm not throw. I'm I feel like I turned very negative all of a sudden. I'm not trying to be negative. I enjoyed this episode quite a bit and I like all the actors that are in it. Um, you know, I it's it's not really giving me this season as much of what I liked about Strange New Worlds in the first season, I guess is my point. 
And then Dan said, chronologically, Spock isn't the Spock we know because he smiles and stuff in both the cage and where no man has gone before. And that's true. Yes. And I have no, I have no, argue, I have no problem with them, um, you know, exploring that. You know, that's certainly canonical that Spock was smiling in both the pilots. And, you know, I, I, I don't mind. Yeah. You know, with Spock is one of the characters in fiction that's probably in it. He's like Sherlock Holmes. He's been explored again and again and again right. on TV and books and comics and games. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I like that they're finding new ways to explore Spock. And although I didn't care much for the idea of bringing to Pring on the show, I like to Pring yeah. now that she's on. I like the actress a lot. Yeah. You know, I, I like what they're doing with her. Um, but like I said, when he, he's not very Spockish week to week and Kirk's not very Kirkish. So I don't really get that buzz when, Ooh, it's Kirk and Spock. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's more like it's Kirk and Spock. <laughs> yeah. Those two, you know, yeah. which isn't necessarily a, a criticism. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like that the, I feel like the people making the show are more into the continuity callbacks than I am. And there may be fans who love it. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not harsh on anybody's buzz. You know what I mean? Yeah. But along the way, Give me some Captain Pike. Give me some Strange New Worlds. Give me the things that maybe love the show in the first place. Yeah. Expand on the continuity that hasn't been expanded upon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, you know what? Forget about the continuity. Go to Strange New World. <laughs> Go somewhere where continuity doesn't, continuity doesn't matter. Yeah. And, they're, you know, they, they like to act like they get hemmed in by the continuity. Like, well, you know what? Go to a planet no one's heard of and there's nothing on Memory Alpha about it. Yeah. And no one can say you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, like on the one hand, I feel bad that I feel like I keep judging the show based upon my preconceptions because I've been into these characters for so long. Yeah. But on the other hand, they're they're choosing to use these characters yeah. and calling it the 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 prime timeline. Yeah. Like I had less trouble with the 2009 stuff because they first from the outset alternate universe. I was like, cool. Doesn't matter if it's consistent. Yeah. Blow up Vulcan if you want. It's another another timeline. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So we'll see. I I I'm enjoying the show still. Yeah. I don't dislike the show. I still like it week to week. I like this episode a lot. I thought Celia Rose Gooding was fantastic. I like the character Paul Wesley's playing, even if he doesn't feel quite like Kirk to me yet. And um, I'm intrigued about like, you know, I, I made a comment. I think it was on Facebook just the other day that I, I like chapel and I like to pring. And I'd, I'd like to see either one of them work out for Spock, even though I know neither one of them is going to canonically, Yeah, you know, but I don't know. All right, so we got a, another comment. Uh, we got a couple more comments, real quick, and then we'll be heading downhill. All right, the sentient nebula was already done in the Elysian Kingdom. Yep, that's true. At least no one fed their child to it this time. <laughs> and now, I mean, he's right. That in may sense. be why um, Kirk was more accepting of it. Of what? Uh, not Kirk. Um, Benga. Pike. Pike. Because they already encountered, yeah. Last, yeah. I mean, they're they're both space clouds. Last time they described it as like a space brain, and then this time it was like beings in the deuterium, I think. In yeah, the but she didn't nursery. go into detail with it. Which also, you know, what since since um, Keith's not here, I'll point out that scientifically, if you went to a nebula, you wouldn't see the nebula because the particles aren't that close together. We can see them because they're so far away from them. It's like an asteroid field. When you go through an asteroid field, you wouldn't see the asteroids generally because they're very far apart from one another. Like you wouldn't see another asteroid from another asteroid because they're so far apart. We can see them from a distance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but they do that. It's a sci-fi thing they do. Yeah. It looks pretty. Yeah. Matt said, if after some years, please, we do see the transition from Pike to Kirk, I'm interested in learning what happens to the crew who aren't part of TOS. At this point, I'd like a moratorium on more Kirk era regulars. 
as I'm more interested in seeing them come in with Kirk's regime. Me too. Me too. Um, was, was Ortega's in this episode? Yeah, I think yes. she was in it. I think I did see her. Yeah. I just don't remember. She her had a anything. line, I think. Oh, good. 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 That's good. I like when she has a line. Yeah. She, she was flying because Pike told her to fly through the nebula and collect the deuterium, but mm. don't burn more fuel than you collect. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's smart. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a spinoff with Captain Una, with Ortegas and Laon. Yeah. <laughs> And Pelia and basically everyone who's not going on TOS, that's what they should do. Instead yeah. of transitioning into TOS, they should transition into like another show that's taking place at the same time. Mm-hmm. And they can just mention the fact that hey, all of our buddies are on the Enterprise. <laughs> they they got caught by Apollo's giant space hand this week. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard they met Abe Lincoln. <laughs> Every episode I just start with somebody reading a letter from the other inter- from the Enterprise. Yeah. All right. And then Dan said, I'd definitely like to see more TOS regulars, each to their own. And that's the thing. There's so many fans. There's no like when people talk about the fan opinion, there's no fan opinion. No. If you put 10 Star Trek fans in a room, none of them are going them, to agree on anything. Right. If you all, yeah, if you ask them each for an opinion, they're all going to disagree. And they'll probably all say more than one opinion that disagrees with their own other opinions. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like there's, there's no making Star Trek fans happy. So I don't no. think they should, I don't think they should be chasing that, but I would personally, I would like to see more strange new worlds and I would like to see more um, just of Captain Pike and of Spock and of Una and the characters that I associate with Pike's enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like I said, I do like all the actors though. And I do like all the characters that they have on the show. I like the show very much. And like I said, I'm trying to separate it from my own preconceptions. You know what I mean? So I, I don't want to grade Celia Rose Gooding against, you know, Nichelle Nichols. Yeah. Cause that's not fair. Cause I wasn't watching Celia Rose Gooding when I was 12 years old. <laughs> You know, they, like, yeah. and it, like it's Paul Wesley's the same way. I wasn't looking up to Paul Wesley when I was 12 years old, yeah. like I was Captain Kirk. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still very supportive of them. And I, I didn't, I don't mean to sound negative, but you know, that's, that's something that what's what happens when you have characters that people have been invested in so long. Yeah. You know, absolutely. All right. So we're, we're getting close to time here. Um, we've got quite a bit coming up. Yeah, if you're in the Atlanta area, this Saturday, July 22nd, we'll be performing at uh, the Sinful Variety Show. And we've got a fun routine going on, actually. You know what? You want Actually, you can reach it. You want to grab that puppet? <laughs> we're doing a we're doing a Roger Rabbit routine for this one. It's going to be a very adult performance. And so, you know, you're oh, not showing oh, him, right? Sorry. Um, I'm, I'm so we to... built a quick Roger Rabbit puppet to be in this routine. So, the camera yep. we so we're going to have Roger Rabbit and Bronco's going to be playing Jessica Rabbit. And we're going to be, it's kind of a burlesque routine. Uh, that hopefully will be funny and it will play well. So if you're in the Atlanta area, come out to the Simple Variety Show because it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a show with a lot of drag and burlesque, and we're doing There's puppets. magic this time. Magic, yeah, yeah. Magic magician this time. Yeah, if, if puppets don't get you, you know, come come for the magic. Yeah, it's going to be a fire eater spinner or something. Wow, someone's going to be doing fire. Yeah, that's in the Atlanta area. So if you're in the Atlanta area, come to the Simple Variety Shows. Yep. You know, um, your tickets online. They are cheaper online than at the door. Right. Yep. And then we've got a lot of stuff coming up at DragonCon. We're already yeah. confirmed for the Brit track. Yep. And we're confirmed for like a, a family like workshop at the Brit track where yep. we make, we, we, we like lead people in making, um, paper bag, pa- puppets. paper bag puppets, which you don't have to be a kid to make. Yep. And they're super fun. If yep. you're not a kid to make a craft with a glue and scissors and everything. Yep. Um, we're confirmed for the Trek track. Yep. And we're actually doing two shows for the Trek track this year, mm-hmm. which we've not talked about yet. 
Yeah. Uh, we're doing our regular family show that we've been doing for them for several years, but also they invited us to do a, an adult only show. Yep. So we're going to be doing the same sort of things that we do in our adult shows. And we did a, an hour long adult only show last year. That was, uh, I, I would say a big hit. Yeah. I mean, we, we hit capacity on the room. Every, well, all the policy, the, the feedback that we got was very positive. Yeah, but there's this, people yelling lines at us later on. <laughs> yeah. In a parking lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're doing that a Star Trek themed one this year. Yeah. So we're doing a Star Trek themed adult show and a Star Trek themed uh, family, uh, well, all ages show. Yeah. You don't have to have kids or have a family to come. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so that's going to be at Dragon Con, and we're hoping to get some other things lined up as well. But that's what we've been up to. So where can people find more about what we're doing if they want to follow us? Feltnerdy.com, which takes you to our Facebook page. That's right. And where else can people find us? Bunking Around, a <laughs> podcast about the monkeys. <laughs> right. <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, Thanks. <laughs> and we've got some some big things coming up on Monkeying Around. Yeah. Um, which, you know, Elaine, who's in, in the comments, um, is uh, hosts that show with us. Mm -hmm. and. We've got a, a big interview that's planned. Um, it, I'm, I, almost, I almost said when it's planned, but um, we've got a big interview that we're about to do that yeah. um, I don't want to, I'm not going to jinx it because we haven't done it yet, um, yeah. but I'll be announcing what it is after we've recorded it. And I, yeah. I, I have the files and they didn't get deleted or anything like that. Nobody canceled. <laughs> um, but we've got a big interview coming up. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And we just uh, had a really great talk with a fan who wrote a book about the Monkeys TV show. Yeah. Um, she's a deep thinker about the show too, so that's yeah. it's a really it's a really interesting conversation. So we've got those two episodes on you know on the queue. And um, what else we got? Oh, I think that's about everything we have right now. Okay, it's for us. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, do you have a closing for us this week? I don't want a cookie. <laughs> perfect good job all right bye everybody thank you very much for joining us thank you for listening to earth station trek if you enjoyed the show please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform give us a positive rating you can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com you can join in the fun on our facebook group or follow us on twitter you can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com we'll see you next time live long and prosper This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.